Welcome to Is It Bedtime Yet? The podcast for parents about mental health and the experience of being a parent. The podcast that discusses what it's like to be adults raising tiny humans that make us all ask, is it bedtime yet? Welcome back to Is It Bedtime Yet? I'm Dr. Jen and I'm here remotely with Dr. Serene. Hey, Serene. Hey, Jen. How are you doing this lovely Sunday morning? I'm wondering if um, you're, are you in your walk-in closet today or are you I'm, I'm in on your... the, floor of, on the floor of my daughter's bedroom. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to guess from like how the echo is in here. Yeah. How's the echo today? Is it, is it extra echoey? It is extra echoey. So I'm okay. guessing maybe I did some spring cleaning and got rid of some stuff in her room. Nope. We didn't. <laughs> Lucky luck of the draw that it's uh, extra echoes today. But this is a fun game we play. We just yeah. guess what we are based on the echo we hear and if we clean or not. I feel so bad for our listeners. Sorry it's so echoey, guys. That used to we used to have like a great setup in the office and you know, worked so hard to minimize echoes. Now we're like, when can we even record? Where like I don't even care where we're doing it. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is, and we've got to roll with the punches. Are you in the garage? And in the garage, on the couch. Uh, yeah, we have plenty of stuff in here, so I'm hoping the echo's not that bad anymore. Not too bad. I can hear yeah. an echo, but it, it isn't bad. But, but I do have to say that I think everybody needs a garage couch. Well, I mean, during quarantine, we, like, fixed it up, so, like, yeah. when you walk in here... Does that look like a garage? It just looks like a a living room, I guess. Awesome. <laughs> because you know. Someday. I'll send you pictures. I want one because it's, I mean we're not going to bet on when we're going to see each other again. I know. I'm still holding on to your, your birthday and Christmas presents. That'll you'll probably get them next year. <laughs> That's okay. That's totally fine with me. Um. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Because um, I'm bored in quarantine. <laughs> I need to know. a first world problem, Serene. <laughs> which it is. To, which leads us to the topic of the day. Yeah, uh-huh. What is it? Life's not easy. We're like, how do we set this up in a way that sounds like we're trying to engage the listeners to get excited about the topic? Um, Well, so we thought today we'd talk a little bit about uh, the idea that, you know, like that people feel guilty sometimes for complaining about things because it feels like, you know, you could have it worse or um, I shouldn't complain about this because it could be worse or, you know, I, I, in the grand scheme of things, have things okay. Um, so that idea of like, I shouldn't complain. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And that's been highlighted so much, or I guess like brought up so much since, you know, the COVID stay at home recommendations or the shutdown or whatever, all the, all the different phases we've been through. Um, it's just been highlighted so much because you see so many people that are just like, not okay you know like i mean just that sheer boredom and i don't know if we can call it boredom but like that like cabin fever and like like, that everybody's experiencing right Mm -hmm. whatever name you want to give 
to it. Um, but then, you know, looking around and seeing, like, how horrible yeah. everybody has it in this world, like, the world, not just your county or your state or your country. It's, like, the entire world, you know, people losing jobs, people losing family members, or, and you're like, well, should I complain about being bored? Right. Right. I mean, because like when you look at the grand scheme of things about like, you know, that we have we have shelter, we have a home to be quarantined in. We have jobs that we're able to keep working right. and quarantining. Um, we have our family's health and like all of those things are so easy to take for granted when you're right. Like so many people are losing those things or maybe don't have them to begin with. And that makes it so much harder to survive during this this time. Right. Or I mean, and not even I mean, moving beyond the quarantine, yeah. you know, uh, couples that have been through fertility treatments or um, they've had difficulty getting pregnant when they're just so exhausted or frustrated or angry or tired, overwhelmed, you know, with, with the baby or the child or the now 15-year-old, you know. And then, you know, I start up building routine. Well, I can speak to that one personally because, yeah. like, I, uh, like, with, with my first daughter, we went through fertility treatments and it was, like, years of trying to get pregnant. And then it made it, like, you're right. Like, there's that element of, like, feeling guilty for feeling frustrated right. about anything. Like, when my daughter was the most colicky baby and we're losing our minds or when you're up in the middle of the night doing feedings or whatever it is, there's this element of like feeling that like intense frustration that is so normal as a new parent or as any parent. Um, but then f that, that like additional layer of feeling guilty for feeling that way, because you're like, well, this is a baby that we really wanted and we tried so hard for, and some people don't get this and it makes it, 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 it's such a complicated feeling to have to balance both of those at the same mm -hmm. time. Yeah. And sometimes you feel it from, you know, the outside world, from friends or family members or well-meaning, you know, acquaintances or whatever, well-meaning people in your life where when they ask you how you are or they check in on you and you're like, I'm just so tired and blah, 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 you know, and you're just shooting off that, like, I'm not okay thing, you know, sometimes, um, their response is, well, you know what, you should just be so thankful that you have a happy, healthy baby, or right. you should be so thankful that you still have your job, or right. you, should, you should just be grateful that, you know, your, I don't know, husband does grocery shopping for you, or whatever, whatever the complaint is, like, they'll tell you the flip of, like, you should be grateful for this, and it's like, well, I am, but that's not what I'm saying. And you know, it's brought up a good point. That yeah. it's usually it's very well intentioned. It's not that somebody is trying to be dismissive, but it comes off to the person who's experiencing that frustration or or um, difficulty. It comes, it can come off as invalidating. Yeah, very invalidating. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering where we develop this idea of like or this thought process uh, of you know we aren't evolved enough or aren't, I guess, human enough to have the capacity to both be in our present moment and think to ourselves, this is really shitty, yeah. but appreciate the overall, you know, the, 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 the grand scheme of things, you know, like, yeah. 
yes, I appreciate, you know, everything I have. But right now, my kid is colicky and he's screaming or she's screaming and I'm about to pull my hair out. You know, like, why do we have this idea that we don't have the capacity to do both? To, you know, be frustrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to to be frustrated to be home all the time. To, you know, have to sanitize your groceries when you get home. To have to, like, jump in the shower every time you see somebody. I'm sorry, jump in the shower every time you see somebody um, because you don't know if they are sick or whatever. But at the same time, you know, feel that empathy for everybody that's suffering right now. Feel that empathy for where the world is right now. Like, when did this happen? What do you think happened, huh? Well, that's a really good question. And, and I'm actually thinking about it from the other, from the other side of because you were talking about like other people responding to you saying like well you know that that's awful but you should be so happy about it and when other people respond that way it kind of it to me it sort of is equated to and it makes me think about like the because this is something I talk with clients a lot about is the idea of the difference between like giving advice versus versus like sitting with that emotion (laughs) that like you know because it kind of feels that way that like let's say somebody's gone through maybe not a loss is the right word, but like if somebody's struggling with something or, or you're going to somebody and just like venting to them, a lot of times people's first reaction is to like try to give advice or try to make them feel better. And they, they say like, oh, it's okay. You shouldn't be that upset. Or like, oh, or I guess like if there's a loss or something, people might say like, oh, they're in a better place or like, right. you know, whatever it is, something to make them feel better or something to like try to flip it to the bright side or something, advice to try to ease their pain. And I, I think that a lot of times that comes from a place of people having a hard time sitting with negative emotions and especially sitting with other people's negative emotions because then it makes it makes them feel bad. And people have a hard time sitting with negative stuff. And so if somebody comes to you with something hard or bad or sad, a lot of times people's first inclination is to try to give advice or try to fix it or try to make it better. And that's kind of what this feels like a little bit is that if somebody's struggling with something a lot of times like the the recipient's first response might be to try to ease it or make it feel better or say like, oh, you shouldn't complain or, oh, look at the bright side because sitting with that negative stuff is hard. Yeah, absolutely it is. It is. And so I wonder if like even for the person who's doing the, the quote unquote complaining or like dealing with the negative stuff or having the hard time that maybe like as a society, we've kind of been trained to be that way that like you, it's not enough that you can just sit with that negative stuff or, or complain about being up at night with the baby or complain about being in quarantine or whatever it is that you have to also kind of be trained to look at the bright side that like you have, like as a society, we're told like, you can't just complain about it. You can't just be upset about whatever the thing is. You have to, you have to try to negate that negative stuff. Does that make, does that make sense? Kind of, I'm just kind of like rambling as I drink my first cup of coffee. No, it makes sense. But I'm just, I mean, I'm looking at it kind of like clinically and, you know, as therapists, we're always telling people to just be present and be in the moment and experience the emotions. And, sit you know sit with those ugly emotions it doesn't necessarily mean you need to wallow in it for the next week or the next month or you know not even the next hour if you don't have to but you know I think suppressing those feelings and constantly having to um 
excellent. There's there's your phone vibrating. Yeah, I just you could hear it. <laughs> um, you know, having to find the silver lining all the time could be exhausting because sometimes your brain is just not functioning in that way. You, you need to be. Like, there's a process. What I tell people is, like, there's always a process. I can't make it to where, like, or therapy's not going to make it to where, like, you feel a negative emotion and then it, like, flips off. Like, it's a light switch and then you flip it on and then suddenly everything's, like, bright and beautiful. Like, it doesn't work that way. You need to sit with that anxiety. You need to sit with that, like, negative thought for a second, a minute, whatever. Like, just be present with it and then move through it, you know? Like, then you can practice the reframing of the thoughts. Then you can practice identifying the silver lining. But Absolutely. you have to acknowledge that, like, right now, I'm not okay, right. you know? Mm-hmm. But I think and, – and, and I think that's sort of, like, the next step to what I was saying before is that, like, I think as a society we've kind of, like, been trained or, like, it's become, like, normalized to, like – you can't sit in that negative emotion. You have to move through it quickly. Like people have a hard time tolerating it. And I think that's so detrimental to being able to actually process it and to be able to actually like successfully move through it. Because if you push yourself through it too quickly, it- You're not doing anything. It's still there. It's still there. Exactly. Yeah. It's like there's this like shadow in the room that you're just kind of like avoiding and not looking at. Instead of just like looking at it, acknowledging it, and then- Taking that deep breath and moving. Yeah. Like a metaphor I use with clients a lot is like the idea. It's it's sort of like the equivalent of like just sweeping it under the rug. And like you don't see it, but it's there. And then eventually you keep sweeping things under the rug and you're going to have this rug that has this giant mound of crap Mm -hmm. over it. (laughs) And so like it's not gone. It's definitely there. And you're going to end up tripping over it all the time. Um, so the, yeah, I love that. yeah and so the idea is that you're not trying to like just sweep things under the rug so that you have this massive mound of junk under the rug you need to take the rug off and you have to actually like filter through all that stuff or clean it out because otherwise it's still there yeah also good housekeeping um advice exactly. <laughs> exactly. nobody wants to be in a room with a giant rug full of garbage under it absolutely um no that's that's a that's a great metaphor. I'm going to keep, I'm going to steal that from you. Please. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, you know, I, I just don't, I think it's, I think it's sad that a lot of people feel that guilt, you know, that, that like shame, that guilt, that, um, like, Ugh, I'm such a horrible person. I shouldn't complain about this. It's like, no, complain about it. And let's move on, you know, like, you know, acknowledge it and, well, I was going to say, well, first of all, I'm glad you brought up shame and guilt because, I mean, you guys, if you haven't listened to our episode about shame and guilt, go back and listen to that as a reference too because we like kind of break down what all that means. Um, but also, like you were saying, I, I think talking about it is important because people don't realize till you talk about something how, how like, what word am I looking for? Um, like pervasive their experiences that like other people have experienced it too. Yeah. It validates that. And like the more you talk about things that are hard, if other people are honest about their own experiences also, which is like the big caveat, um, you'll notice that it's not just you and that other people go through it too. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the case with things like parenting being hard, you know, that a lot of people don't want to talk about parenting, but the more you talk about it authentically with people, everybody has a hard time with parenting at some point or another. Um, Things like, 
like, uh, I don't know, like infertility and miscarriages and that kind of stuff. Like that's such a pervasive experience too, that has become like taboo to talk about. Mm -hmm. The more people authentically talk about those things, the more validating and normalized it is. So I think you're right. Like the more people just authentically talk about their experiences and quote unquote complain. But I think, I think even moving away from the term complaining and just authentically talking about the things they struggle with, it's important to do. I'm glad you brought up the the taboo factor because uh, it, it, I was thinking, you know, oh, mention the cultural component because there obviously is a cultural component as well to, you know, that quote unquote airing out your dirty laundry. Um, you don't do that, right? You don't uh, complain about your your kid not listening to you or you don't complain about your spouse annoying you because he's chewing too loud or whatever and my example suck this morning or you know you don't complain about you know you don't you don't you don't complain about quote-unquote personal things you don't talk about infertility like you don't you don't talk about these things you don't talk about mental health you don't talk about postpartum depression um there's stigma also depends on what your what your cultural um schema is or you know what your culture says about airing out quote-unquote dirty laundry which is basically just confiding in people and talking to people and destigmatizing oh i had a baby crying how cute can you hear her okay. yeah <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the husband's on it because uh yeah yeah or you know destigmatizing or unstigmatizing or whatever the word is um those things and you know and that the flip side of that is the judgment that you're scared of receiving or you're worried about receiving from yeah. the other right so Absolutely there's that it's like you have to feel safe in the relationships that you have to say you know what i had a really shitty day with this kid who wouldn't stop crying or i've been i feel like i've been breastfeeding all day and they're insatiable and i'm oh, in pain are you, are you in my right <laughs> yes. no, i'm just a mom that knows things um as Tyrion would say i drink and i know things and i know things <laughs> minus that show but you're you're totally right and it takes a level a level of vulnerability to be able to do that and i think that's really hard for some people because that first of all sometimes for people saying it out loud makes it real yeah so a lot of times people are like well as long as i'm not saying it out loud like as long as i'm not opening it up to somebody else like maybe it's not real maybe i can work through it but like on the flip side, like saying it to somebody else and maybe having them say like, you know what? I went through that too and it fucking sucks. Like that normalizes it. And it, it right. you know, like it, it, and it also builds connection with other people too. So like it deep, it deepens the connection with whoever else you're opening up with. And that's important also. Right. Especially in these COVID times where we're all like disconnected and isolated. Yeah. Again, I mean, also just part of it is like know your tribe you know know who the safe people are to have these conversations with and know who the people that might we all have the people in our lives that just search for things to judge you on you know and bless them <laughs> no you're right like you have to make like there uh, yeah. people in your life that you share certain things with and some people in your life that you don't share certain pe- things with but having those yeah. people who you feel comfortable with is invaluable Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So find, find, your, find your people, find your tribe, or I mean, you might have a tribe of all kinds of people, but find the people in your tribe that, that you feel the safest with and don't feel judged around or don't feel like, you know, there are some people that are just going to judge you and that's okay. And they, those relationships serve different purposes. And now we're moving on to a whole other topic. But I think, I think just like knowing and being aware that sometimes when you do open up, you might not get the response you need. Right. And that's okay. And to not let it like penetrate you, you know, not let it like, don't let that make you feel even guiltier or even worse than you already do. Right. Is what I'm trying to say, I guess. But actually, I was going to say, let's put a pin in that part when you said like, that's a whole other topic. Cause I think we should maybe open up another topic to talking about like the different relationships in your life and like the purposes that they serve. Cause I like that. Yeah, for sure. We'll do that maybe next time. Or, yeah. yeah. Who knows? That. Sometime. Who knows? <laughs> Let's just make plans, okay? Let's just make us we're we're rolling with all the punches and twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. That's what we do. Uh, I um, know it's now like expanded from like twenty twenty and people were like waiting with bated breath for twenty twenty to be over and now it's like, well, twenty twenty one, who the fuck knows what's happening now? <laughs> like we're just still rolling with the punches. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Oh man. Okay. Well, uh, I think that's a great topic, and I think we can, if, whenever we record next, we can definitely talk about the different relationships. And yeah, sounds good. Awesome. Well, and if you guys have any thoughts on this topic, or have ideas for us for future topics, or just want to pop in and say hi, you can email us at is it bedtime yet podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our social media on Instagram. We are is it bedtime yet podcast with underscores between each of the words. And on Facebook, we're is it bedtime yet podcast. And don't forget to also look at our Patreon if you haven't seen it before. Um, we have been really bad at putting content on there recently, but we will get better and put more things on there. Um, and for now, this is Dr. Jen and Dr. Serene, and we are still asking, is it bedtime yet? 